Good evening and welcome to The Just. My name is Naki. I'm here with my close personal acquaintance, Liam McNeil. Liam, how are you? I'm well, thank you, Naggy. How are you this afternoon? Always good. Uh, here we talk about everything Newcastle Knights. Um, as always, uh, we will do our first sips to Fermini Bianco. First sips to Fulmini Bianco, the Ful- White Lightning, the Nathan White- Ross. Cheers, Rossi, for everything you do for us, for the city and for the club. And uh, sponsors for this uh, episode, Liam, do you have them there? I do. Sponsors for this episode are Jeff McCloy's Brown Paper Bags, uh, the Cheesy Bread from Sizzler at Broadmeadow, and Our Old Couch, the Brownish Bummer, as comfortable as a hug from that touchy uncle. Whatever happened to that couch, Liam? Uh, and Nagy, as you'd well remember, we dumped it down by the train line in Wickham. In Wickham. To yeah. a better life. Uh, yes, <laughs> because in our house it was a worse life uh, than whatever it had happened to it by the train line. But yes, those are our sponsors for the week. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, as is tradition, if you uh, would do us the favour of please being upstanding for the National Anthem of Australia. Uh, apologies for that. We seem to have accidentally tapped into the ABC for Kids uh, live feed. Uh, we will hopefully have that fixed for next week. Is a cracker of a song, though. Oh, it's a great song. It's a wonderful program, Fireman Sam. And really, you know, shows the importance of our civil servants, you know, the, the firemen, the policemen, the, and women, of course. And uh, women. Yeah. And women. And, uh, you know, those people who help us not die. Uh, they're very important. The ambulances, if you will. Absolutely. Oh, so Liam, we um we've just leaving rep round. Uh, so I think uh, if we jump straight into our uh, hats off and uh, hats on, uh, I think most importantly, uh, our hats off to uh, players that we think did uh, particularly well this round, uh, because there was no Newcastle Knights game. Um, I think we should all give a, a very strong hats off to 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 Rostog, and as well as Paulie Paulie, uh, our, our city reps, as well as the Safiti boys and the uh, Matatias. And there might be someone else that I'm forgetting about. Uh, there might be. I, I think, think you've got all of them. I think uh, Matatora as well. Um, uh, so also, Matt or may or may not have played. He you uh, for the Cook Islands, I think. But hey, anyway, for the Cook Islands. So a solid hats off for those um, performers. I think uh, Rostog especially did uh, put his heart and soul, as we always knew he would, into the uh, the city role. Uh, he was playing at centre, out of position, and um, I think you could just really tell he. Firstly, he wanted to be there. Freddie gave him a huge rap. Oh, an enormous rap. You hear Freddie, he walked into the commentary box and they said, oh, well, what are you doing here, Fred? You're the coach. You should be on the sideline. <laughs> and he grabbed the microphone from them purely to give Ross Dogg a rap. But I think the biggest thing that came out of that, and uh, you'll find this from all the rep players from Newcastle who played in that uh, rep round, Rossi came out of the game saying how much he learned from the rep team, you know, the intensity that they train with, the you know higher standards that they bring to their training and their game. And... One of his big things that he mentioned was that he will bring that back to Newcastle. And I think in the rep camp, he will have learned some very good habits, especially for him. He singled out Chad Townsend. He had a lot to say about how professional Chad Townsend is and, you know, how much they put into training. And one of the things that he said was that he's going to bring a lot of that back to Newcastle. And uh, I think that can only work wonders for the team, having those players exposed to representative football and, you know, the preparation 
of, uh, of representative football. I think a lot of people said some negative things about City Country, about the importance Those of the game. Those people are dicks, and yeah. I don't care for them, and we, oh, I dare we, not address them. It was my favourite game of Rep Round. Uh, it called me old-fashioned. You know, call me a fool. Um, call me what you will. Call me Susan if it makes you happy. I just won't call you late for dinner. <laughs> uh, but like, it honestly was my favorite favorite uh, part because I I, like, I don't think I stand alone when I say that the Anzac Test is my least favorite of all rep games um, in, in on the schedule. It's it's no World Cup. It's no nothing. It's no end of year tour where we're playing over there. It's just, I don't remember one time when there was a really good Anzac test memory that I have. Liam, would you say there is one for you? Nagy's throwing that to me because I'm sitting here vacant looking, racking my memory for good Anzac test. You're often vacant looking. uh, Well, yes. I mean, sorry, more vacant. More vacant than than usual. usual. Um, It's just kind of there, isn't it? It's, uh, you know. Well, you know it's coming. It happens, and it's forgotten about quickly. It's it's <laughs> very, it's yeah. It's it's. I just I don't enjoy it really, to be honest with you. And like um, we we're seeing some injuries on both sides of um, the more important uh, rep games being uh, uh, state of origin, obviously. Um, so it's 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 something that like we you know uh, Dugan Thurston these big players that I believe are, Dugan uh, they did some X rays after he injured his uh, cheekbone was it. Yeah, I believe it was his yeah, cheekbone. They, yeah, they did some x-rays and came away with a really uh, worrying conclusion. He's, uh, his skeleton's actually made of paper mache. <laughs> papier mache. Papier mache, if you will. Which is really worrying because a human skeleton should not be made, made of paper of mache. And yet, Josh Dugan's uh, does seem to be made of that particular uh, newspaper and water combination. <laughs> of that sort of paper derivative. <laughs> really not ideal for someone playing a contact sport. I mean <laughs> when he goes down, he goes down, he doesn't often get back up. Like no, and he really gets back up. So yeah, like that's, that's And he goes down more than bloody Linda Lovelace. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's it's something that happens every year, but I, I, I do I don't like the Anzac test, but I do really like City Country because obviously being a New South Wales supporter, uh, I really think that's an important part of the calendar too. But like, I'm really shamed that it's uh, that it's no longer happening. So I believe Hats Back On might, this week uh, goes to the NRL. For Absolutely. Can- hats Back On goes to the NRL. I grew up in the country. I wore the country jersey in rugby union, yeah. you know what I may say. But I was proud enough and, you know, honoured enough to wear that country jersey. And so watching country City Country every year, as a kid, was a massive privilege, especially when they, you know, obviously take it out of the country, a, si- a town in the country that doesn't get a lot of anything, really. Yeah. It's a, you know, you're kind of, you're stuck between, do I get pregnant or do I develop a meth addict? Maybe, maybe I could do both. <laughs> but, you know, it's good to be able to get out and watch a game of representative rugby league Well, yeah, and was- just forget your problems. <laughs> I you know it is it, it was an important part of bringing the, the rewarding the, the country for all the players that we get from outside of oh yeah the, those big city boys you know um, for all the latte sipping shirt lifters if you will yes and um, but where I think city country went wrong there's two parts firstly they started bringing to areas that weren't considered the country I remember the Coffs Harbour one three or four years ago was the least successful city country they couldn't even well, sell well that's it. because again Coffs Harbour isn't is, the country <laughs> well no it, it is the country but just everyone the, there's on meth <laughs> you can't keep bringing up meth Liam <laughs> I grew up near there I can say what I will about the place okay. Coffs Harbour sucks alright sorry for anyone listening to Coffs that's Harbour right, especially the goddamn Coffs Harbour Comets <laughs> I hate that club 
but um but in all seriousness um not that you weren't being very serious liam but where i think they also went wrong uh was trying to combine these uh these rep rounds with with the, the national um sort of oh, would you say um on the outer auxiliary national sides i would say that with like tier uh, two call them the tier the two tier nations. two like uh, the nations that aren't you know they're, they're not new zealand they're not england they're not australia they don't have uh, lots of players to call on. So when we do call on um, these representative sides uh, from uh, Fiji, um, Samoa, Tonga, Cook Islands, PNG, we're taking from the current stock of NRL. And that really depleted in this day and age when we have a lot of players that do uh, that have those origins where we were stripping uh, the stocks of our what we consider our up-and-comers. So like players like the Matautiers, for example, who would have been in contention for... Um, playing for country um, uh, were no longer available because they were playing for the national side. And that's it. I mean, were it still a very genuine origin trial, which is what it used to be, the Vitaudis would never have played for Tonga. They would have gone straight in the Samoa, country. Samoa, sorry, Samoa, yeah. sorry. They would never have played for that side. They would have gone straight in the countryside and said, look, I want a blue jersey. You know, it, it, it harkens back to the days. You'll remember, as, uh, as I do, uh, Mick Cronin made the state of origin side for New South Wales. While playing in Jerringong, he was not actually yet in the New South Wales Rugby League, but he played so well in Jerringong, made the countryside, was picked for New South Wales and Australia from his country rugby league. I side. think I think this this could really survive um, as a future prospect and for a future thing that's entertaining. If we had an amateur side playing a professional side, um, maybe not call it so city country, but having like a outside of the NRL, inside the NRL. So maybe maybe inviting a lot of the the younger talent that are that are coming out of um, that are playing first grade, but maybe on the fringe of first grade, like you know, that are really impressing. Um, so like your Mitch Barnett's, if you're talking about the Knights, or um, love him. Yeah, don't we all? What would you think about a supplementary series to the State of Origin, which whereby you have New South Wales country playing Queensland country, featuring more fringe players, if you will, as a pathway to State of Origin. I love it. I think that's great. I think it would be uh, an excellent sort of uh, warm into, uh, and you could really expand. Because, well, like, let's be honest, State of Origin is the, 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 the showground of NRL. This is the biggest stage you have, and it's very divisive because even if you're not from either New South Wales or Queensland, you go for either Queensland or New South Wales, you draw a line in the sand and you say, I'm, I'm one or the other. So unlike the grand final where you have all the supporters from one side, and all the supporters from the other. Um, th- this one, you have all NRL supporters picking a side. Are you a Queenslander? Are you a New South Welshman? And then, uh, and then fighting over. And which I really like about New South Wales, uh, sorry, but state of origin, I should say, is that uh, you can have friends that you're constantly giving NRL banter to, being a St. George supporter or a Rooster supporter, uh, like whatever the case might be. And then you hit this point in the season, middle of the season, and then suddenly you arm in arm with him, watching this game where all the players are playing for a common cause against uh, another enemy. And it's 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 fantastic. And we shan't name names, but there are many friends of ours who I've threatened with physical violence because of the colour of the jersey they wear around Origin time. It's just the way it is. It's just how it is. It's just how it is. You, you, you just let go of the friendship. And you say they'll uh, look, ruin the friendship if you have to. For, for that, what is it, nine week period now that they have origin yes, over? Yes. So we just say, so, so long and farewell. I'll see you afterwards. And uh, if you're a Queenslander, hopefully it lasts longer than nine weeks. I won't name names, but Timmy Ray and Seth Bowes, you're not invited to that party. Both of those. Both of those. Which men. brings us to our next point, Nagy. Huge, huge announcement. Huge announcement from the Joust. Now, Jousters, 
I know we've had uh, requests from a, a lot of you in the past, the past few years. You'll know that Nagy and myself love our state of origin. And we've love had, it, adore it. Look, we've had re- requests in the past from a lot of you just saying, look, we just want to watch the origin with you. We want to be with you while we watch origin. Well, now you have that opportunity. Because, 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 we because are- Jousters, May 31st. We will be hosting the Joust Origin Takeover at Central Bar in Newcastle, May 31st, Origin 1. On King Street, please come along. It would be a great opportunity to watch Origin with a couple of Origin enthusiasts. Enthusiasts, if you will. <laughs> and yes. Especially if you love the Joust. Uh, Liam and I will both be there doing a, uh, a pre-game uh, run-through, uh, as well as our favourite Origin moments. Uh, as well as we might even raffle off some prizes. We're not sure yet. We're, this is still in the very, very early stages of uh, what, we're, what we'll be doing there. But it's We'll probably uh, finalise the plans as we're walking into the venue on <laughs> Origin one night. But what we can guarantee you, it would be an Origin venue, which we can all get behind the, the boys, especially Blue. But look, we don't mind if you're Maroon as well. Um, Liam will mind. I won't mind. But... Uh, <laughs> But uh, if you'd like to, to, to come along, we'll have a, there'll be some very uh, very reasonably priced uh, VB. One of very the, reasonably priced. Yes. Uh, one of the greatest beers ever to be produced uh, to and sponsor the major boys. sponsors of our New South Wales Blues. Yes. Uh, so once uh, so please come along to the Central Bar at King Street on May 31st. We'll, uh, we'll give you more information as information comes. And about let's just get pierced. Available to us. And um, but it's going to be an, an excellent night. So I hope you all can join us there'll there. Be games. There'll be frivolity they'll be fun and mostly piss drinking mostly there'll be a whole lot of that but uh but please keep your, your eye out on all the uh the social pipes for uh for more information on that uh which also brings us to um look we have uh for the newcastle supporters amongst us we have our uh camera game this weekend on mother's day which we did believe was last weekend i won't admit that but i think that might be you know we're we're not known for uh, (laughs) being thoroughly prepared look we do do this on a tuesday i think if we should all look if the nrl had gone ahead and announced that this game was not that weekend the day before we would (laughs) i think they announced it well before but months in advance we just didn't look we didn't care but look this week the canberra game (laughs) Which we must discuss. Um, there was a few big things to come out of the lineup uh, this week. Look, we have Jalen Feeney and uh, uh, Brock Lamb named in the halves. However, our uh, previous fearless leader, Trent Hodkinson, is named on the extended bench, which gives look. It gives me some hope that there could be room in this side for both Jalen Feeney as well as Trent Hodkinson. Um, if look, Nathan Brown has had a very strong stance on his appreciation for Jalen Feeney. He's got him in the first grade side when available more times than not um, over the last uh, two years. But uh, so he obviously sees something in him. He's only a very, very young man. Um, no eyebrows. And <laughs> young uh, man with no eyebrows. <laughs> just none. Just they're not there. But um, but but uh, having tra- I think seeing the last two games without Trent. I can't wait to have him back. Mm. I think, uh, especially when you look at the game like the Bulldogs game, which um, which I think we like we should have won. Like, which is not uh, a losing man's uh, tale of the games that we should have won. Which, uh, by God, I've been for the last two years. Oh, we um, all have been. It's been tough. Uh, but I th- really think we were we were in front that game. It was only because of the few marginal errors over the line that we didn't actually get there. But I think it was a lot came from Trent. Uh, only for the following week to be against the Roosters to be a bit of a letdown in form and defensive errors from Trent. Um, so, for Trent to be let go only after that performance, 
I really think that uh, look, he need, if, if he needed some time in reserve grade, I think he's had it. Uh, he had that one game, and he just puts him back on the scale of like, look, he's nothing special as far as this side. Like, he is a skipper of the side, but like, he's not. Uh, he doesn't have. He's any, not above the side. Not above the side. So he needs he, to be in the side, not above the side. So he's going out there with a point to prove. And I think if we want to have any chance against Canberra, we need Trent Hogginson back in that side. You've heard it here first. Back in that side, I uh, I hear a lot of people say that it was a that it, we should have him out. He should be done. He should be put out to to. I believe stud. we said that. Actually. I think it might have been my own I think words. We at the uh, at the Joust may have said that. But it was interesting to see the Jalen Feeney uh, experiment, and I don't think he's ready to hold that five eight position. Especially uh, not if he keeps getting hit as hard as he. We covered this every week that he's played in the Joust. Gets belted. The man's just got a target on his back. <laughs> Doesn't he? I don't know what it is about him. They just uh, everyone goes out to absolutely ruin his life. But I think we got some uh, we got some stats here from our. Uh, uh, our stat man, uh, Darren Middles, Middlesmans, Middlesfield. Yes, Midsmans. Midsmans. Our Midsmans hooked us up with some uh, really good stats. I mean, if you look at what we've got to do against the Raiders, I mean, the biggest thing for the Knights is the possession count. I don't think the Knights have finished on the positive side of fifty percent of a possession count this season. Now the Raiders are currently five of five. They've won five of five. With a fifth, with a greater than fifty percent possession count. So what the Knights really need to work on doing is ironing out those mistakes, hanging on to the ball, and just getting that possession, just getting the percentages up, holding onto the ball because I, doing I mean, the little things right, doing the little things because obviously if you haven't got the possession, the points don't come. Yeah. But the Knights have shown early in the season, even without the possession, we're getting some points. So if we can get the possession, we will get the points, and we will stifle the Raiders' opportunities. The other one. They've only been on the losing end of a penalty count once this year. Now, the Knights have That's been... That's the Canberra Raiders. The so, Canberra Raiders, Because the Knights yes. have been on the losing end of the penalty count more often than not. Yes, which leads into my next point. The Knights have been giving away a lot of stupid penalties. I mean, yes. We've discussed this in great, great detail length. before. And not only the stupidity of the penalties, but the inopportune moments the penalties are given. You know, you're looking at first tackle penalties, penalties yeah. in the red zone, penalties... But also drop balls, handovers, yeah, in 40 metres. Not yeah. only are these mistakes happening... But the Knights are allowing them to, them to happen at really inopportune moments where the other side gets a chance to cap, gets a chance to capitalize. Yes, um, good enunciation. Thank there, you. Liam. I um, enunciate my words. <laughs> but I think uh, what will help us is winning the battle in the middle. Look, the, the Canberra side is a monster pack. Oh, they're, um, huge. they're huge. But uh, what I have here is that uh, Dave Taylor will not be playing. Josh Papali will also be out due Thank to the, the one of the stupidest suspensions I've ever heard of. Not not for the suspension itself but for the action that it took to uh to get him suspended however i gotta give him credit that's an integrity move it is you drink drive move. you call the cops and you say i drunk drive i drunk drive but surely that could have been avoided by not drink driving naggy or you think that? or not calling the police and dobbing yourself in but mostly from not drink driving initially we at the joust here have a very harsh stance against drink driving it's absolutely. illegal do not absolutely. commit crimes we don't like Crimes. We don't like crimes. But also it's crimes that you're charged with. But if you're also self-admittance of the crimes, he could have also stopped at this point in the car park. For people that don't know, he went to the, I think, Hungry Jack's car park after driving um, erratically drunk on the road. I uh, believe Jared Croker's engagement, engagement party. party yeah, yeah. And, then, uh, and then then he called the police on himself 
while he was stationary in two the times. car park. He called the police on himself two he times. He wanted to let himself just be out there to know that he was drunk driving. That's not a call look, for help. It is. I think it might I'm be. Not a, here. Look, I think it is a very uh, big call for help. But I think also, so not having Shannon. Oh, sorry, not having uh, Joshua Parley there, but also Shannon Boyd uh, is on uh, uh, an injury watch list for his uh, leg injury, much the same as Dave Taylor. So that's three giants that um, that Canberra don't have, which is um, good because we don't have a big pack. Well, no, but hopefully Safiti boys bringing home their form from the uh, from from that batty game that they had. Um, look, uh, last year when we played the Canberra Raiders, it was twenty four all both games. Um, both games took the golden point. So, look, we might be developing a bit of a bogey side against Canberra Raiders. Um, and look, we, hopefully we'll give ourselves every opportunity. God damn, we'll take a draw, won't we, Nag? <sighs> I love a draw right now. <laughs> I love a draw. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it wasn't a draw, just miraculous. Yep. Um, the sweet, sweet smell of a draw. Mm-hmm. Um, just a singular point. But uh, look, hopefully we can we can uh, continue this uh, thing of after, especially after beating them forty nil in the trial. Also, when they were without some of their big men, so um, early that was earlier this year. So, look, hopefully we can re- re- reciprocate that kind of um, form against the Canberra Raiders, and hopefully the Canberra Raiders have that in their mind as well. Um, but we're going to take a quick break here at the Joust and we'll be right back for Liam's Mail Sack and also some talk about uh, Origin as well as Origin Bolters out of the rep round. We'll be right back. Excellent. I like that we've allocated more time for the second half. This Welcome back to the Joust, uh, here for the second half. Uh, we're going to dive straight into Liam's mail sack. Uh, Liam, uh, do you have any questions there, or would you like me to read the questions? Nagy, I believe you've got the questions this <laughs> I week. I believe I have the questions for this week. Um, From Stephen Clark. Stephen Clark has a question. Uh, Stephen Clark asks about the Harold Matt side. Look, we'll sum Stephen's question up. It was a very long question. It was a long question. The Harold Matt, so the 16s won the premiership, obviously, for the uh, Harold Matthews Cup. Beating Manly in the in the extra time, um, which was I think it should be a, a definite uh, acknowledgement there. God bless well. him and a hats off and, and a little, little delayed hats off delayed, to the Harold Matt side. Very delayed hats off to the Harold Matt side. Well done there, boys. Uh, but he questions our um, why the Harold Matt side has been so successful in previous years, but uh, the the pathways to first grade seem to to not be. Uh, as clear as uh, other sides with uh, successful early sides. Um, so we have... What, what do you think are wrong with the pathways, Liam? Look, I think if you go back to previous coaches like Brian Smith and your Wayne Bennett's and the what have yous, I think you see that they don't place a high priority on uh, getting pathways for well, local juniors. The nurturing, now, would you say? The nurturing, if you will, yes. The, the Newcastle used to be a great nursery for nurturing the uh, the local talent. But you see some of the coaches that we've had in the past 10 years have kind of neglected that. Whereas I think Nathan Brown, what what you see him going for in recruitment and retention, there is a heavy emphasis on junior pathways. So your teams like your Harold Matts, your SG Ball, if that still exists, <laughs> uh, your reserve grade and what have you, I think. Yeah, we're definitely seeing much more younger players come into the first grade side. Uh, and not than, only than younger before. players, young local players now, young local Players. Yes, no, I think, and like he, I think he's been given the freedom to do that, to really like tap into uh, the, the these younger, like eighteen year olds, if you will, and then um, giving them first grade opportunities, so they're they're well into that first grade system uh, when they're playing first um, when they're playing um, first grade football, if that makes sense. Um, it does make sense. So it's it's so they're not on the fringes 
Joel and get poached. I think um, Newcastle has always sort of been the nurturing ground of uh, of NRL talent. And I think we've seen this uh, time and time again with uh, players that have come through the system right up until the fringe of first grade, but they've been uh, let go. And I think Poached. This, poached. I think we'll use the word po- poached. Much like the white African rhino. Poached. poached. Into po- extinction. Extinction. <laughs> um and I think we yeah we can see this like Boyd Cordner, Anthony Tupo, who has now returned to the Knights uh, in his twilight years. Um, but it's look, it's become apparent that these other teams uh, that have more money than us uh, that can spend on so the, all teams, all teams all that teams. have that that they can spend on 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 sort of this uh, nurture, nurturing of players. Uh, like the Roosters, like Penrith, like uh, like South, like anyone else, basically. Like every other team. Every other team. Every other team. Well, while we've looked away from it, people have been um, tapping into it, uh, which is really disappointing to see. And I think everyone would really like uh, like to see these these players start with Newcastle and stay with Newcastle because that's how it used to be. Back. That's up. how it started in the eighties. You know, the nineteen eighty eight side. You look at where they built their successes on local players. You look at the 97 grand final side, a lot of Newcastle locals. These are people who were brought up through the pathways of Newcastle Junior Rugby League, Newcastle Senior Rugby League. These are players who are from the area. They know the area. They are of the the area. area. I think uh, Brown said this uh, last year when we said, um, when we had the, I think, game against Canberra, and he said, look, these are these you were coming out and we're seeing players like Brock Lamb, playing players like Corey Dennis, like these are the younger players, but these are the Newcastle products. Come out and support them. Uh, they're they're on the main stage. Um, so I think it's it's definitely a, a positive look to that that we are still producing these NRL caliber players, but uh, we are just having trouble ret- re- retaining them. And I think look, if you're a, an, a, a like an NRL fringe player, let's say you're playing that Harold Matt side that beat Manly. And then you, um, you've already like you've go through the thing. So you've already played in all the all the top rep sides leading up in, from your age group. You're probably playing great football uh, for your club. Uh, you've probably played uh, numerous amount of games at uh, you know at at uh, Marathon Stadium, and great stadium, great stadium. And uh, and then th- someone taps you on the shoulder because you, you're a bit unsure about your future, and they offer you a a you know a, a full time playing uh, roster contract uh, at let's say the Roosters. Come to Sydney. We'll put you up in this school, and we'll set you up with these people, and we'll, you know, and then you you'll have uh, this this other pathway. So I think it's like a thing of having this exotic um, pathway to to your your footballing career that is so enticing. So to get out of the area, let's say you're from Taree and you've always been travelling into Newcastle, but Newcastle's now old hat. So it's like come come to Sydney, come to. Um, you know, like to this exciting new prospect. You know what Come I mean? Come sip lattes with us on bloody Brighton La Sands Beach. <laughs> yeah, but that's bloody great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's um, it's it's something that I think uh, a lot of uh, players have been drawn to because it's something something else, something that's uh, a little bit more exciting for them at that sort of young and impressionable age. Um, so if we can if we can start rewarding these players early, I think we might be onto something good. I like and this is again part of the rebuilding, but this is going to be I think a prospect that I think if we focus on uh, later on, we will start seeing Newcastle talent playing in Newcastle, and this is happening right now. Like Josh uh, Jackson, for example, is a Newcastle product. Uh, he's playing in the New South Wales side uh, as the, or, touted as a future captain as well. Yes, and look, but he's not playing for Newcastle because the Sydney Sydney team uh, offered him something that Newcastle didn't. And like, I don't think it's not necessarily Newcastle not seeing that he is talented, but I, I think it's just mismanagement early. And look, I think at a certain level, the NRL has to take a bit of ownership of this. They have to say, well, look, 
within the salary cap, we will lay concessions on players that are born and raised at your club. So, for example, if there's a local player exemption whereby half of their salary, for example, is not counted under the cap, if you have developed them for X amount of years, I think you're going to see a lot more loyalty from the clubs. You're going to be able to see these players coming through. They won't be let go because the clubs know that we can pay them more and have it count for less under the cap, whatever. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Which, at the end of the day, the clubs are a business. A lot of what they do is about money. So if you go to the clubs and say, look, we will make it financially viable to you to hang on to a local junior, as opposed to just, yeah, do it. Selling Throw some them money off, out. It'll yeah. be great. Yeah, if they can make it financially viable and say, look, we will allow discounts and you know concessions yeah. and whatever... If you can retain junior talent, which is the same thing, the, the same problem the West Tigers have been having for years. You know, they've yeah. got some phenomenal local talent, but due to salary cap constraints and whatever, they've had to let them go. Now you're seeing your Tesco, your Woods, your Moses, they're all leaving. This could have all been avoided as local juniors if there was a concession under the salary cap for local players. And that's something that's been affecting Newcastle basically since we came into the league. Yeah, look, I think it comes out of the Johns era where we're looking for this new superstar, which we're not going to find, but we need, we need to obviously rebuild this side that's... Um, and it would be a much stronger side if, if the players that are in Newcastle are playing for the hometown. And I think that's something important to consider. Um, as, as you were saying, I think the concession is a great idea. I think it's similar to something they're doing in um, the the Amateur Rugby Union in Newcastle uh, recently. And, and With uh, the player points system. With the player yep. points system, yeah. If we, if we could do this on a monetary basis, I think we could definitely find um, uh, some success there. And so that's something to definitely look into. Uh, but we have another question from Al Don. Aldon, Aldon, with Tank. The, yes, um, and uh, he's asking about uh, the Blues Bolters after a rep round. Uh, Liam, did anyone stand out for you as far as uh, uh, as a Blues Bolter? Look, Rossi, obviously. Yes, yeah. Look, I think Rossi obviously gave himself every opportunity to be selected for that side. I think a lot of people have laughed this off, but really, when you look at it. Um, he had a hell of a game. Ran some yeah. serious numbers, made some good work Fif- out of the hard yards. 15 runs for 135 metres for a centre. Uh, but also... A th- and a couple of point of difference plays. The um, the steal he made on Tarek Sims, that, like- that's a point of difference play. That's not just a, you know, move up, make a tackle, get the ball that's a game to swinger. the ground. That's a game changer. Yeah, look, and I think that was an important thing there. And it was really a showpiece on the the, uh, the capabilities of that man. Um, uh, obviously, here at the Jets. Immense we, capabilities. We we love that guy. Almost and, limitless capabilities, And I think, Liam, you, you might have also said that if if uh, that Nathan Ross makes the the uh, the blue side, you will kiss everyone that you know. He has, to date, ignored all my marriage proposals, <laughs> which is fine because gay marriage in this country is still legal and whatever. But I think if you're looking at bolters out of that game, Again, if we're considering this to be a genuine origin trial, I think you've got a few. Yep. I think Chad Townsend yep. really put his hand up to play the halfback role. Him, he and Maloney obviously have shown at club level that they are a phenomenal half combination. Yep. And he controlled that game like you, you know, like the you, fat controller controlling trains. Yes. I mean, you put Thomas the Tank Engine on the sideline there, Townsend's going to tell him where to go, when to go, and how to do it. Townsend really controlled the game, and I think he would not look out of place in a blues jersey okay what do you, what do you think about uh for obviously with uh aaron woods now uh was who was touted that could have possibly led that side um uh the new south Wales side out uh would you say who who would you throw in who, who's your look first one i got to throw in is paul vaughan 
Paul Vaughan, I'd and agree, yeah. Like, his form in the opening couple of rounds for St. George has been ridiculous. He's running as hard and as far as he ever has. You know, he's gone from being a fringe reserve grader. Pardon me. He's gone from being a, a fringe first grade and reserve grade player at Canberra to being arguably the most important cog in a dominant St. George forward pack. He's making huge meters. He's making important meters. And, you know, he's he's aiding in scoring tries. I like what he does. Uh, I think he has some excellent footwork before the line, uh, which a lot, a lot of front rowers don't do, don't have, I should say. Um, a lot of these front rowers these days are bigger boy, b- bigger boys that are just running very hard straight lines um, and trying to bend the line. This uh, like Paul Vaughan's not as big as you know, David Clarem. He's Clemens. still very large. Though. Oh, he's huge. But like uh, as far as he knows his role, uh, as far as I think getting the ball on that third and fourth tackle, uh, he can create something. And with with the the right footwork before the line. I think um, that just puts the defense on just a... Like, if you brought him off the bench, for example, uh, and you have a little more tide in the middle, uh, which we probably wouldn't have seen earlier on a few years ago, but now with the eight interchanges, which will carry across into State of Origin, I think uh, will be more important to have a front rower that can have a bit of versatility as far as uh, he's not just a tuck and run. He, you know, he can hold the ball with both hands, uh, take it back to like being a footballer, uh, which we've spoken about before with Mitch Barnett. Like uh, These kind of attributes uh, for a uh, front row position is taking it away from the bigger man's game. Someone that can that can do a little bit more with the ball, and I think it's going to be more important. So I think, uh, look, for me, for my origin team, which we'll, we, Liam and I will do our origin teams next week, uh, which we think we... Uh, uh, will be like our, our one to seventeen, but um, and don't forget, get into Central May thirty first, Origin one for the Joust Origin takeover of Central. Great plug there, Liam. Um, but uh, if I think Paul Vaughan for me is uh, got to spot on the bench for that in sort of a sort of a yeah a Brent Kite sort of a, a role. But um, I'm just going to throw some names out to you, Liam. Um, throw so away Hooker, Farrah, there there or not. You know what? Given the performance of the uh, the hookers in the city country game on the weekend, Farrah's out. Farrah doesn't get a look. Farrah doesn't get a look. I mean, he's coming off the bench at his club to, at his club side, and the way that both Damien Cook and Cameron McInnes played on the weekend was amazing. Cameron McInnes, I think, got the points. He was uh, played a bit more of a controlling game. He really ran the city attack very well. But I think they'd be an amazing one-two punch. You've got Cameron McInnes controlling the game early. And then once you start tiring those forwards out, you bring Damien Cook on. His footwork around the ruck is phenomenal. I do like His Damian running Cook's around here. the ruck is amazing. He reminds me of kind of a less bulky Isaac Luke. The way he runs in around the ruck and manipulates the markers and the A and B defenders. I think, honestly, if you could have both of them in the side, you would you'd do it. Well, uh, New South Wales looked away from um, doing two hookers for a long time. Um, well, we've we sort of danced with it, but if, if well, anything, we all remember the uh, Gidley captaining from the bench fiasco. Yeah, look, that was never good. Uh, I think the further away we can get from that is the love better. Look, I'm not a fan Kurt. of having a back on the bench. I've said this before, and I think if we're going to have a bench, um, you, you need you need two big blokes, uh, a mobile forward, one mobile forward. I hate this New South Wales being the mobile pack because it hasn't worked for us. Eight out of the last nine times that we've done it, so look, we we look. So we, we need to to think outside the box as far In as this. Saying that though, Nagy, I would dare say Josh Reynolds. <laughs> no, I would dare say in the last few series at least you could not put that down to our pack, 
The pack was in the last few series. Our pack has been very good. It's just been the direction from behind the pack okay. that's let us down. I would say the mobile forward pack actually worked quite well. Oh, I don't agree. I don't agree. But I think it's something that we've Nagy. Think, you you you've got a good point. You've got the runs on the board because we did lose all those <laughs> series. All those so, games. You know the proof. And the pudding are in close contact. Okay. Players in contention. Then I'm going to throw it to you, Lim. Jared Hayne. Put him in. Where? Anywhere. Wing? Doesn't matter. You find a spot for him. Would you say that wing spot is Jared Haynes? Do you think you have to have him in the side? I agree. You have to have him in that side. With Dugan injured, I would put him in the centre. He played in the centres uh, for the Australians in the Four Nations last year. He did. Phenomenal. Absolutely it might have been the phenomenal. Year might have been the year before. Bef- no, it was last year because I remember I was watching it. He was it. in America. I was watching it in Sawtell at Christmas time. Oh, were you really? Yeah. You would have a bit of time stamp than me. <laughs> no, actually, I think it was I think the year before. Right. Anyway, <laughs> but anyway, long story short, he has played center for Australia. Phenomenal. All right. The GS G- origin team hangs in. Trevojevic. Trevojevic. So this is Tom Trevojevic. Thomas, put Thomas on a wing. And also put Jake on the bench. So Jake you has to have I, look, I, I think also get Trevojevic in there. They're playing well enough. You have Jake Trevojevic who's scored two tries for Australia now, as well as he's played two tests. So, um, look, he and doesn't made phenomenal stats in those tests. He doesn't look like a like a first grade footballer. He looks like a bloke that the you two just of them, sort of I run into at a bus God, stop. Two of them, they haven't had a route between them. <laughs> they look like Jesus. young baby virgins, but they can play. <laughs> they can play. They look, oh, they can play. So look, both Trevojevic is in. So you say like. Jake on the bench, Tom at uh, at five on the wing. On the wing. Yep. Um. So, but Dylan Walker. Now, Dylan Walker is an interesting case. Obviously, he was thrown into Origin, uh, on the bench in a place he should never have played. Never played incorrectly by a coach who didn't really understand how to utilize him. However, the form he's in, you could definitely consider him for a center spot. You definitely. Would, would you take him over Michael Jennings? Is Jennings' times up? Is, is it like? I feel like Jennings' times up. I think. You know, for me, one of the great origin moments is still Mike Jennings' flying aerial punch on Brent Tate. Yes. But can we keep relying on that? But you've still got to consider every time Mick Jennings makes a play late in the game, that could turn the game. He generally turns the game. Well, like he had some very good uh, things. Uh, game three last year, well, the only game we won was because of Michael Jennings. And I think that was, a, look, if anything, that was a really good send-off that we could have had for him. Uh, because I don't think... Uh, there's a, like I think in the games one or two he made some key errors and he wasn't involved as much as he had been previously. So I really think if we're going to look anywhere else, uh, Dylan Walker's a a good uh, replacement for him. Look, he's a big body. Look, I think Dylan Walker runs a very confident straight line. I don't think he has the footwork that uh, Michael Jennings has, but I think it's definitely something that should be Not considered. Not as quick either. If you're going to still. select, if you're going to select Dylan Walker, you select him in the center, in the position. Don't talk about any of this five eight or goal kicker bullshit. The experiments he's, are over. Yeah, look, Walker's a center first and foremost, and also last and last most. That's all he's. He's a center, but a very good one at that. So pick him where he's good at. Pick him where he's good at, like, especially yeah. if you've got Trevojevic there, someone that he plays. Like with I'm, outside I'm, a, of him. I'm a huge fan of what Queensland did early in the uh, mid two thousands. You pick every player who's the best. And find a spot for him. I think Dylan Walker, you can't do that. You need to put him in at center. I agree. Uh, so, look, we'll, that's our, uh, our, our Liam's mail sack uh, drained. I think we've drained your sack, Liam. Oh, I'm empty. <laughs> so, I think we can move uh, straight on to our, our favorite segment, the blast from the past. Uh, oh, we got a good one this week, Nagy. Who, who have we got? got? Uh, who I was about to ask you, Lynn. Who have we got? <laughs> I don't know. what. <laughs> I, I think we've got Adrian... It's Adrian Bub. Bub. Now, a bit of a fan favourite, uh, Bubby. 
Adrian Baba played one game for the Knights uh, in the late nineties. He debuted young. He actually, um, I think, it might have been straight out of the yeah. uh, the the Martyr, uh, uh midwifery. Yeah, <laughs> little Bubby. They picked him straight out of the um, the Martyr maternity ward. Maternity ward. A, played one game for the Knights uh, yes. as prop. Yeah, which again, it's a tough position to play. Uh, prop if you're only just a baby you a know, few 30, weeks old yeah. 30 centimeters in length and weighing a mere seven pounds uh when most of the other props in the game are about you know 180 200 pounds <laughs> yeah. so you know real a lot of respect for bubby there but um you know he had a very noble end to his career you know played his one game for the knights no tries no, uh, tri- no that's tries no goals didn't score a point for the knights but he actually uh, retired uh to further his education he moved career. on to, to better he, things he moved on um to focus on his education, he actually went into preschool. Yes. And uh, where he majored in finger painting and international conflict resolution <laughs> there in preschool. Uh, I'm not sure which preschool it was, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it might have been Moratar. Moratar like, Preschool, yeah. Close to where he was born. It was, yes. But uh, I tell you what, he was, okay, he was an essential player back in the early times when the Knights were, were sort of finding their feet. <laughs> so He was finding his feet too. He couldn't actually walk. He found his foot once and it was amazing that when he did... Like, he, he, he discovered his own feet. Like, as a baby, you don't know you have feet. He discovered his feet in the most literal sense. I think <laughs> in that he didn't know he had them <laughs> and then used them to play one game of prop <laughs> but yes I, uh, full cheers to Adrian Bub uh, uh, another great night of the realm I do love a blast from the past and uh, I tell you what I love doing this uh, the joust every week and having everyone listening more uh, Liam, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Nagy, it's a pleasure. Honestly, this is the highlight of my week. I love it more and more every week. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for listening. Please, uh, if you've got any questions, uh, forward them through to Liam's Mail Sack on the GS page on Facebook. Uh, be sure to like us on Facebook. Also, uh, we'll be on SoundCloud as well as iTunes. And uh, also remember that we're doing the uh, Big Joust Takeover. Uh, Liam, would you like to plug us? I would. The Big Joust Takeover, Origin Takeover at Central May 31st, Origin 1. And if we don't fuck it up, Origin 2 and 3 also at Central. So very tentative, Origin 1. but uh, Very tentative. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. There's another jest out.